0: Well, I have to first start this episode, everyone, with an admission. And I'm going to give you this admission uh, that I just realized before I started recording this uh, as I finished the material. And that is I was actually planning on two episodes to review uh, two of the... Uh, eight limbs of yoga, um, which are the yamas and the niyamas. And as I started to do the research and getting uh, the information ready for today's episode, I got through one of the yamas, the first yama, and it had so much information, I thought, well, you know what, we're gonna break these up into each yama and niyama. And there are quite a few of them, so I'm gonna stagger them uh, along in these next few weeks uh, so that I can give you practical ways to use yoga off your mat, which I do on this podcast anyway. But I want to bring it back to where they all derive from uh, and where the foundations are uh, from the teachings I give you. And that is uh, from the Eight Limbs of Yoga. Specifically here, we talk about the yamas and the, the niyamas. And if that all sounds kind of foreign to you and out of reach, stick with me because I've got some really great information to give you as we begin this episode. So as I just mentioned, this podcast, I really want to try to help as many people create a life of their dreams. And I want to do that by giving you the tools that have helped me turn my life around into what it is now. Not only by following research and studies done on, you know, the brain and the way we operate physiologically, but also through the study and the practice of yoga on and off the mat. Because they all, that all works together. So when we put all that together, that's where this community has has started from. This strength yoga freedom community. Because in order to live a healthy, balanced life full of purpose you must have a sense of strength and freedom and that comes from yoga yoga is everywhere whether you believe that or not it is everywhere and you can call it whatever you want to call it maybe you're just calling it the ethical you know the ethical way you live your life but i derive all of this from the basis of the uh from the the limbs of yoga so this will help you tap into some happiness so As I mentioned, most of the episodes that have been released on this podcast are based on the limbs of yoga. And two of them are so important, uh, which are the yamas and the niyamas. But there are actually eight limbs. And these eight limbs are derived from the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Now, these are often foundations that kind of draw inspiration to living a balanced and ethical life on and off your mat... And I like to turn these into practical ways that you go about your day-to-day life, you and me, and we tie them in to the teachings in a real-world way, because that's where we're living, in this real world, in this now, right now. So what are the eight limbs of yoga? Well, the eight limbs of yoga are as follows. The first one is the asana, which are the postures, the physical poses of yoga. The second is breath or pranayama. The third is the senses or pratyahara. The fourth is concentration. The fifth is meditation. The sixth is contemplation. And then of course we have the other two that I've been talking about, the yamas, which are restraints, and the niyamas, which are observances. Now, the first several of the limbs that I mentioned, like postures and breath and senses and concentration and those types of things, we explore a lot of that on the YouTube channel, the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom YouTube channel. If you wanna check that out, there's a link in the description. Um, and But they do spill over into this podcast. I mean, clearly, concentration and meditation are part of living a healthy, balanced life so that you can push your brain into concentration mode or meditation mode to be present. but Really, those postures and breath, we get into all that physical work on the YouTube channel. And we are going to focus on the Yamas and how they're translated to those restraints. It's because it's literally translated to restraints. And the first Yama is Ahimsa, which is all about nonviolence. And that's what we're gonna talk about today is Ahimsa. And then we're gonna get into the others as we release more episodes, because there's just so much content. I don't wanna squeeze it all into one episode. And I also don't want the episodes to be so long that you don't have time to listen to them on your commute or when you're exercising or whatever you're doing when you listen to this podcast. I try to keep them you know, at 20 minutes or less. So that's why I'm looking to kind of move into this, breaking these up. So we're really gonna go into the the Yamas first and specifically the first one, which is Ahimsa, which translates to nonviolence. Now the Yamas themselves, including Ahimsa, guide the way in how you and I treat others. This is where the foundations come from when it comes to dealing with other people. And you know that if you've been listening to this podcast, a lot of episodes that we have and that I bring to you are all about ways that you can help deal with other people because that's what you're doing for most of your day. You're working, you have families, you have your spouses and partners and children and parents and aunts and uncles and bosses and everybody else. You're maybe you're in a field of, of work where you're dealing with the public, customer service, most people are um, you are dealing with other people. But this starts with ourselves and how we practice nonviolence in ourselves. So let's talk about Ahimsa. In the Eastern studies, nonviolence is the core of all yoga philosophy and practice. It all starts from nonviolence. The jewel of Ahimsa teaches us that we should ground ourselves in nonviolence first so that when, what we do in the world, rather not when, what we do in the world will be directed in a nonviolent way. This does not just mean physical. It means mental and spiritual as well. The practice of Ahimsa also involves being courageous, which means you're not letting fear control you, which let's just be honest right now, fear controls you. It controls me, it controls you, it controls everyone. It's the way that we were conditioned as we grew up in the world that we're living in today. It is a very common thing for us to be afraid of a lot of things, especially when we look back at our past and we look back on events that have happened to us and we don't want those events to happen again. So fear is a big one. When ahimsa is being practiced, you're practicing being courageous, you're practicing loving yourself, you're practicing maintaining balance, how you handle challenges, you're, you're practicing compassion, showing empathy to others rather than ridicule or judgment. You're also stopping the worrying and you're also coming into to either help versus support, which are two big different things. You're also not expecting anything from anyone when you're practicing Ahimsa. You're flowing, you're whole, you're listening to your body as you're flowing through. You're you're really practicing that all living beings are to be treated with nonviolence, right? Not hurting someone. So practically, how does Ahimsa work? Well, I just gave you kind of the background of what Ahimsa is, right? The nonviolence, of you know not physically hurting or mentally hurting being courageous the empathy the balance the challenge you know facing your challenges the compassion on and on and on how does it practically work well first we remember and we note that you don't want to physically obviously physically harm someone by putting your hands on them in a way that could physically hurt them but it also means we don't mentally harm someone that starts though with yourself That stems from being a conscious person. If you operate from a state of unconsciousness, you are operating from ego. And your ego is trying to protect you from danger. Your ego is set up to protect you from danger. That's what your brain is for. It is to protect you from getting hurt. In most situations though, most situations that you're in, you are not in physical danger. Now I said most situations. So if you're just sitting on your couch and you're in your head, you might be in emotional danger. You're not in physical danger. So we need to be aware that there are thoughts that cause us to feel like we are in danger as opposed to physically actually being in danger. When we come into that realization, we start to notice that we do not outwardly try to hurt people on an emotional level. Now let's move on to courage. Because this is a huge one. If you are living in a fearful manner, you are not practicing Ahimsa because you're not creating balance. When you're afraid of something, think about this. When you're afraid of something, you let your ego take over and this causes you to try to protect yourself, right? So when you stay safe, this is a way to also stay stuck. If you think that staying safe all the time is the best, you will remain stuck. It's just the way it is. You must do things that are out of your comfort zone. You must apply for that job that you've been thinking about. You must face what, what has happened in your past and resolve what's happened in your past so that you can move forward. You must apply to that school. You must ask that person out. Open yourself up to new places and experiences you never have done or gone to before. Get off your couch and exercise, even though you're afraid of the intensity level or that you physically can't do it. Get some routines created that provide balance in your life, like a good morning routine, a good evening routine. And by the way, routines mean every day, not just when you feel like it, not just, well, I'm gonna allow myself three days of just sleeping in. If you do that and you're trying to create a routine of getting up early, you are not creating a routine. You're giving yourself excuses, right? So that's the second big one of how it practically works. The third is help versus support. Trying to help people can turn into trying to control people. This is different than supporting people. And I'm not talking about helping someone who's in danger. That's different. We're talking about letting people live their own lives on their own terms from their own experiences. We must support what they're doing and offer to be empowering and inspirational rather than trying to give them all the answers. You're not helping anyone by trying to give everybody the answers, right? Again, it's different than if someone's in danger, but if you're trying to give everyone the answers or you think you know best for someone else's life, you're not practicing ahimsa because you're worried about what someone else is doing. Giving people all the answers is a form of enabling and of course, enabling is not creating balance either. You also must stop beating yourself up for making mistakes for yourself and enabling your own pity parties, right? Like making mistakes with your money, at your job, with your partner, with your kids, with your parents and your family. Because if you're listening to that in your own head and you're trying to, cr- trying to get, and you're getting angry with yourself or feeling all these this resentment towards your own self, you're not going to create a better life for yourself. If you're listening to this podcast, you're trying to create a better life for yourself, and that starts by supporting yourself. So all that junk that you tell yourself all the time, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, all those limiting beliefs, I'm never gonna be able to get that job, I'm never gonna be able to do this, you're essentially stopping yourself and not supporting your own self. How can you possibly try to help or support anybody else if you can't even get yourself out of bed in the morning and go do a 10 minute exercise routine? It's all about creating the balance. Not expecting things from others. That is a huge human experience situation that we come into that is incredibly challenging. Did you ever think, well, I do that for you, so you should do that for me? If you think that or you say that, That's your ego talking. Because you see, you wanna do things for people without expecting something in return. And the reason is, is because if you're expecting something in return, you probably have not created a specific expectation and verbalized it to the other person. You probably haven't. So in your mind, you're expecting them to do something, but they don't know that. You're not a mind reader. You must act from what you see and only from what you see or from what other people tell you and not try to guess or get inside their head. If you're going off of what you see or what they tell you, then you're operating in balance and authenticity. If they want you to try to read their mind, that's where you say, I can't read your mind because that pushes you out of balance. Heck, we can't even read our own mind sometimes, right? And then... L- listening to the body, crucial. It's, your body is wiser than your brain, again, which is trying to protect you. So non-violence is about balance, and balance is critical to life. If you have too much of yin versus yang, so we have yin yoga, which is still and more passive, and then we have yang yoga, which is active, movement, breathing, using muscle, If you use more stillness versus more active, you're out of balance and same goes in reverse. If you drink excessively, you most likely will get a hangover. If you toss tons of sugar into your body, you might get problems with your blood sugar levels. If you do drugs and you do them all the time, there could be a period where you have withdrawals because you've stopped using them. It's all about balance. Are you exercising? Do you need to change your eating? What are you feeding your body technologically? Are you watching the news and junk on television that's feeding your anxiety? Are you looking at everyone else's life on social media and judging yourself against them? If you're listening to your body, you're not going to let that stuff affect you. The final thought I have with regards to Ahimsa in a practical way is all living beings treated with respect. And here's what I mean by respect. We do not want to intentionally hurt someone. Of course, if a living being is threatening your safety, you would have to take action. Like if you die from a bee sting, if you could die from a bee sting, you wanna be away from bees. But it's not about intentionally hurting someone just to do so. You need to use, of course, use that common sense because as I meant, especially with the bee example, you know, if there's danger coming at you, you need to protect yourself. But hurting someone intentionally comes from control. It comes from ego. It comes from being out of balance. Ahimsa teaches us that if you are comparing yourself to others, you are not living in balance. It is creating a shift from where you are and where you can potentially be. It is creating imbalance. It is creating almost this up and down wave movement. And we all have ups and downs. But I want to remind you that the practice of Ahimsa at its core is all about nonviolence. It is all about doing the work for yourself so that you have a nice full cup. You are courageous, you are supportive, you are empathetic, you are helping when you need to, but more importantly, giving the tools to others that you love so that they can help themselves. You are not expecting things from others. You are just being, giving your light, shining forward, and you're listening to your body. You are doing all of these things to keep the violence away. And my friends, the last thing I'm going to tell you is when we're talking about treating others with respect, all living beings with respect and nonviolence, that might mean they have to come come out of your life or be removed from your life. Because if their presence is causing you or what they're doing is causing you to have emotional distress, physical distress, then staying around that and enabling that kind of behavior is not living in nonviolence. You are helping to cultivate and push more violence from others. So sometimes treating someone with respect means walking away. And that's a tough one, but it has to happen sometimes. So I hope this was super helpful for you. And I hope you've learned something about one of the Yamas Ahimsa. I can't wait to share another one with you in an upcoming episode. We'll see you then. The Strength, Yoga, and Freedom community is not only a podcast, but also a YouTube channel. So check out the YouTube channel for our all levels yoga classes highlighted by a gentle yoga flow for beginners, which is a three part series dedicated to teach you the foundations of yoga in a gentle, easy to understand way. Also, sign up for our once a week email in the description of this episode, where I give you more insight into tools you can use to become a happier person, as well as bonus features that no one else gets. And of course, you'll get updates there in that email on your favorite mascot and icon, Cody, who is my cat, Who appears in all of our yoga videos? So go sign up for the email in the description below and go subscribe to the YouTube channel also in the description. Okay, one last thing the content in the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast is not intended as a replacement or a substitution for the advice of any medical professional, like a physician, a psychologist, or a qualified therapist or any other medical professional. It is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only.